Whether you own or rent, GEICO makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Hey, before we get rolling, let me remind you, today's the day I debut a brand new podcast. That's right. Podcast number six. It's the Kurt Angle Show, and it debuted this morning at 6 a.m. Go anywhere you enjoy podcasts, type in the Kurt Angle Show, and you'll get WrestleMania 19, our very first subject. This was Kurt Angle's only WrestleMania main event, and it nearly didn't happen. We'll talk about what almost happened and the links that Kurt had to go through to make it happen what those repercussions were even today it's the kurt angle show and it's free for everyone right now anywhere you enjoy podcasts click the subscribe button for the kurt angle show twinkle twinkle little star everybody's heard this make sure your sweetheart knows she's your star picture it it's valentine's day and she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold you know the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets and you can start seeing all the stars sparkling in the night sky. That's breathtaking. Now picture a magnificent real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold with petals in this rich blue color covered in sparkles that mimic the stars in the sky. That's twinkle twinkle, the brand new exclusive rose only available at Steven Singer jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and it ships fast and free to the love of your life, your wife, your daughter, or your sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Steven's brand new roses is $79, but his real 24 karat gold dipped roses started only 59. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to something to wrestle with now, Bruce Pritchard. Unfortunately, it's not the Royal rumble 1996 and Lord knows that was the plan, but that's been my plan for several weeks now. We're two episodes behind here on something to wrestle feed. And we're trying to play catch up. But, uh, as you know, Bruce is at the beck and call of a madman who works 24 hours a day. So it's become increasingly difficult. We have, uh, scheduled and rescheduled this episode. I don't know, maybe seven times. Uh, and it just hasn't happened yet. So as a function of, uh, trying to deliver for both you and our advertisers, we've got something that we've never aired before. Before I tell you about today's episode that you're about to hear, uh, I want to make clear that we are not canceling the podcast. Unfortunately, I knew when Bruce went back that this was a possibility and when we could, we would try to get ahead and it just hasn't been possible between my business and COVID and well, WrestleMania season and just working for Vince, but we do have a plan. We hope to be able to record one today and supposedly we have all weekend next weekend. <laughs> probably not the whole weekend, but in plan, we want to try to get ahead. Let me give you a heads up of what we're planning to do and plans change Conrad. Uh, but we do have a lot of stuff lined up. Uh, of course, Royal rumble, 1996. I also want to watch the very last main event from February 1st, 1991 in your house. Number six, we'd also like to do a profile on Mark Henry 
And we've even kicked around an idea of doing a whole episode on the European championship. As we get closer uh, to WrestleMania itself, we want to cover Trish Stratus. We'd also like to cover the undertaker from 98 and 99. And then once it's actually WrestleMania season, baby, we're going to watch not just one WrestleMania, but two. Oh, and I forgot. We're actually going to cover when the, the company returned to network television for the first time in 15 years. We're talking about Saturday night's main event from March 18th, 2006. But yeah, those two WrestleManias we want to hit are WrestleMania 12. Of course, we all remember what that one was with uh, Sean and Brett. It's the, I can't believe this is real, 25-year anniversary. And then we want to do WrestleMania 22, which will be the 15-year anniversary. So we've got some good old-school stuff in the hopper lined up. Uh, Luckily enough, we've been able to get ahead on the research, so we're really just waiting on Bruce's availability. Um, But I'll tell you this, I'm thankful that Bruce even attempts to keep this thing going. I don't think it's a secret that... Bruce is making more money than ever before with WWE, and he's also working more than ever before. So this is no longer a primary source of income. It's no longer necessary. Uh, and in addition to that, he's working from can to can't, as we say here in the South. And I can't imagine piling this on. And then every time you log into social media, you're getting beat up from all angles. And I know you don't think about that, but I do because he's my friend and I worry about him that he's working so much and he's working so hard. And I worry about the pressure, not only there, but here because I'm peppering him all the time. When can we tape? When can we tape? When can we tape? And I know he's doing his best. And that's the reason I'm not upset with Bruce because that's all we can ask of anyone or ourselves to do your best. And a lot of the reason that I'm a little more patient with Bruce is because of what you're about to hear. This is our very last live show. Let me take you back in time and give you a little context. It's Ric Flair's birthday. I remember that very, very well. I'm in Atlanta with my, uh, with my wife and we've got a sitting in the backseat of a suburban and we're being driven to uh, Rick's little private birthday party thing. And I get a phone call from Bruce. And he says, Hey man, I got to talk to you. And that's when he dropped the news that he was going back to work with Vince full-time. He had been working with Vince a little bit part-time, uh, more as a consultant. And it was a great, great gig. Allowed him plenty of time to, you know, still do the podcast and not have to travel. And it was easy. And all of that changed once they started working together. I think Vince realized how much he missed it. Bruce never told me that just putting two and two together and very quickly part-time became full-time and full-time became I'm moving to Connecticut and this is 24 seven. Now, of course we didn't know that when we're having that conversation in uh, February of 2019, what we did know though, was our podcast business was about to change. We had a Patreon that was about to circle the drain because Bruce didn't have time to add any bonus content. We also had a bunch of live shows under our belt. I mean, we had done European tours and piggybacked every pay-per-view. And I mean, I can't tell you how many we had done dozens and dozens and dozens. I mean, sometimes we would do multiples a month and that was obviously going to go away. So there were a lot of 
other plans that we kicked around that we wanted to do. And now that meant none of that stuff could really happen, but I wasn't upset about that. I was happy because you go back and you listen to the very first episodes of something to wrestle. And that's a different Bruce. You know, when I first met Bruce, Bruce was not, uh, who Bruce is now. And now Bruce is, uh, what's that old uh, movie from the nineties? How Stella got her groove back. Well, Bruce got his groove back. And it's great to see my friend doing something he loves that he thought once upon a time turned its back on him. Uh, and now he gets to come back and, and be where he belongs. And he really didn't have closure from the way his run ended there before. And to now get another chance to do that and maybe one day go out on his own terms, but most importantly, work with the most important person in the history of his life. I mean, you've heard the way. Bruce talks about Vince. I mean, they were together 24 seven for a long, long time. And there is a little bit of an age difference there. So in a weird way, I'm sure Bruce sort of considers Vince almost like a father figure. You know, he started working for him when he was in his mid twenties and when I know Bruce is old as shit. So anyway, I'm really happy that my friend is, is back doing what he loves and making more money than ever. And I don't know, feels a little vindicated you know, for the way things were before. So it's a great story and it's a story that really wouldn't have happened without this podcast. So when, you know, we see people online say, Oh, stop the podcast. Oh, the podcast isn't what it used to be. Oh, it's not the same since Bruce went back. Well, guys, I mean, this used to be his only gig. He worked three hours a week and now he doesn't have three free hours a week. I mean, that's where we are. So when he does record, yeah, it's first thing in the morning or it's at the very end of the night. I mean, Bruce and I have recorded some of these at 1am. That's when we would start recording. That's after he's worked all day. And and now we're going to try to turn it on and, and be fired up for you. And it's easy to manufacture sometimes because we really love what we're doing here. But other times, you know, as you can hear in the show, he's getting blown up even then like, Hey, what are we doing with Miz on Monday or whatever it is? So it's a process, man. And I, I, I appreciate that it still is important to him, but I know why it is. It's because of what this podcast has meant to him. And he's going to talk a little bit about that today. This is our very last live show. It happened at Starcast 2. And we didn't know what the future was going to hold. We just knew he was back full time with WWE. And this was our last advertised show. And they were letting him fulfill all of those commitments. So, yeah, we're in Vegas in May of 2019, and this is the last live something to wrestle from that day. Let's take a listen. We're helping people across the country at SaveWithConrad.com, and what are we helping them do? Keep more of their own money. Just ask Toby in Oklahoma. We hooked him up, he gave us a five-star review, and here's what he had to say. Conrad's team was able to do everything I hoped for. They helped me reduce my mortgage term by 13 years, paid off my car and credit cards, and dropped my interest rate significantly. Now, who doesn't want to do that? Do you want a better interest rate? Yes. Would you like to pay off all your credit cards? Just like that, of course. Wouldn't it be cool to pay off your car? Oh, and by the way, pay your house off 13 years faster? Are you kidding? It sounds too good to be true, but we're doing it every single day at SaveWithConrad.com for families just like you. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. 
And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. It really is a fast and easy quick quote. What have you got to lose? What if you could save 13 years? What if you could pay off your car? What if you could knock out all your credit cards? Hurry, these rates won't last forever. And I want to help you make sure your debt doesn't last forever either. Go to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's right. You can pocket your house payments for the next two months at SaveWithConrad.com. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. Do you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Hey everybody, those lights are fucking brutal. Holy shit. Thank both of you guys for coming out tonight, today, this morning. I haven't been up this early and well, usually I'm up a lot earlier, but still. Thank you guys. Uh, how's Starcast been so far? Well, by God, I came in with a bang. I'll go out with a whimper. It's okay. This is crazy. This is absolutely nuts. How many of you have ever been to one of our live shows before? Not that many. Okay, that's cool. I can do some of my old shit. That's fucking not, I No, it's a good gauge. Whenever you ask that question, you get, nah, okay, I did. Either that or you're afraid to admit it. So that works too. Uh, it's been a long, strange ride, man. This really has. And, and going through the podcast and different things, just kind of going through life, one of the number one questions I always get from people is what's Vince McMahon really like? And there's a couple of Vince McMahons. There's, there's the performer and the producer who likes to explain to talent, God damn, you got to bring it down. Make it real. Don't overact. And I always kind of would throw back to him and say, no, Vince, I got this, man. It's kind of like I'd like to show guys an example of that by telling him to go back and watch WrestleMania 3. And he's standing in front of 93,000 people. Welcome to WrestleMania! Bring it down. And then there's the, the human being, Vince McMahon. That's, that's the guy we've got to know over the years. And when we would spend as much time with him as we did, you'd get these little intimate stories about his life. And one day, Pat Patterson and I are sitting out by the pool, and Pat had one joke. And that joke was, Ah, Vince is so rich. He's got two thermometers for the pool. One to tell you how hot it is, one to tell you how cold it is. Ah, he'd laugh his ass off. So one day he tells this joke. He told like every other day. And Vince goes on to explain that he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth, that he had actually gone through some hard times in his life. Real hard times. We're not talking about funky like a monkey hard times or nothing like that shit. We're talking hard time. And he explained that at one point in his life, 
he had declared bankruptcy. And as he's telling us this story, he's talking about how he went to the courthouse to sign the papers, make it all final. He came out of the courthouse to wait for his wife to pick them up because they only had one vehicle. And as he's waiting on the steps of the courthouse, he sees that vehicle enter. However, it's being towed because it had broken down. In the front seat of the car is his wife, Linda, and their son, Shane McMahon. And Linda at this time is pregnant with their sweet little daughter, Stephanie. They go home. They're so poor at this point in their life. They're not in an apartment. They're not in a home. They're in a trailer. They're living in a trailer, and it is so cold on this day in Hartford, Connecticut, that everything in the trailer had frozen, including the pipe for the plumbing. And it was that blue shit, like on a plane, and then frozen solid. And Vince had to get out, and he had to dig a path all the way around the trailer to get to the deal where he unscrewed it and saw that all everything had frozen solid. And he has an ice pick, and he's chipping away at this frozen shit. And he's telling him, I'm chipping away, and chipping away, and, and, and oh God, frozen urine, and frozen feces all over, and that is fucking up my fresh manicure. And I'm like, I'm gonna stop. You're bankrupt, you have no money. You're filing for bankruptcy, you only got one car, and it's broken. You're living in a trailer that is frozen, with frozen shit and piss, but you still have a manicure. Without hesitation, he says this, well, goddamn, pal, got to have class. <laughs> you fast forward many, many years. I got fired in 2008. After I got fired in 2008, I went to work for TNA. So as you can imagine, I too had to file for bankruptcy. And when I did, for whatever reason, I uh, felt the need to call Vince McMahon when I got home. And I called him, and I said, uh, hey, Vince, just wanted to let you know, Steph and I filed for bankruptcy today. And his response was, God damn, good for you, pal, I'm proud of you. <laughs> now, if you ever go bankrupt, I'm not sure that that's the response you would be looking for from someone, but I'm not sure what I was going to get. And I went on to explain to him that, I said, hey, Vince, on the way to the courthouse, we stopped and got a mani-pedi. Because I thought that's what you should do. And God is my witness without hesitation. He says, well, goddamn, pal, you got to have class. <laughs> so that's the guy I know. That's the, the human being I know. And uh, just, you know, the journey continues today, but I'm not sure that the journey would be continuing in the way that it is today. And this is really kind of a very bittersweet uh, moment for me because it's our last show for a while. And, well, hang on. No, it's not the last show. I guarantee that. I, I, I will say right now, it is not our last show. I guarantee that. But it is for a while while I get my bearings going and shit. And what a journey it's been because, man, I started this thing with a guy sitting on his couch in his living room telling stories. 
And he looks at me and says, man, that'd be a great podcast. I said, that will never, ever, ever happen. Partly because I didn't know what the fuck a podcast was. The other part was I wasn't sure that anyone cared or anyone would listen. I had no idea. He talked me into it after a few weeks. We, we did a, a couple of test shows. And the experts told us if you could ever get to 10,000 downloads, you might start to make a little money. If. It's going to take a while. Our first show we did was on the American Dream, Dusty Roads. Did over 60,000 downloads the first week. We continued on. A couple months later, we, we did a show on the Radicals, which was a story that I told that made him go, man, that should be a podcast. And I called on a Tuesday to get the numbers, and they tell me there's something wrong with the analytics, but I think we're at about 35,000 downloads. So well, that's not bad especially at that time in the podcast world. The guy calls me back an hour later and says, nope, you didn't do 35,000, you did 385,000. Not long after that, we hit a million, and we haven't looked back. And so to that, I say thank you, because you guys all made it possible. And I, I'd never, ever, ever thought that that, that would happen. I had, I had absolutely uh, zero idea that it would happen. Then we started doing these live shows, and we've literally been all over the world doing them, and it's been a trip, and it's I 100% wholeheartedly believe it's the reason that I'm back in WWE, and I'm enjoying that, and uh, it's been a hell of a ride. None of it would have been possible if it wasn't for one guy who believed in me, Made it happen. Conrad. No, thank you guys. We appreciate you coming out. Everybody having fun at Sarcast? I love talking about our friend Steven Singer. I'll tell you, the competition must really hate this guy. He just makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Well, head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the guy sitting next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you might be paying less. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? That's not the case at Steven Singer. Because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at GEICO.com. Easy. Now I believe I was dumb enough to do this shit again.
I don't know if you saw, but we're doing it again in Chicago. Uh, the uh, the hotel's already sold out, Bruce. Is that a good sign? Yeah, but you bought it. Uh, I saw my bill from Caesars, and apparently they're renaming this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Conradison now? Dude, the green room on Friday had $13,000 worth of diet soda. I'm looking for stock certificates in Diet Pepsi now. What the fuck? Like, I'm never drinking you again, Diet Pepsi, ever. Put that on Twitter. I don't care. So, I had six cases delivered to my house. I believe it. Account. I'm saying. So chat me up. How you feeling, buddy? Hey, it's great. I'm feeling wonderful. We're in Vegas on a Sunday fucking morning. Yeah. So we're dropping F-bombs and crying. This is the weirdest church ceremony ever. <laughs> That's what this is, right? <laughs> this was, what, what do you guys call that shit when they all gather around and somebody gets up here and preaches at them? It's we got DiBiase church. in it's the It's called church. Oh. Well, welcome to church then. Yeah. All right, so listen, that's not what we're about, though. Even though I guess you kind of were an evil preacher, sort of, yeah. maybe. And I do cuss a lot. In real life. Uh, so let's switch gears, though. Let's give them what they want. You guys want a story we can't tell on the podcast? Yeah. You know, I don't know when we get to do this again, so let's go out with a bang. You got any stories about drugs you can, st you can share? Hypothetically? Hypothetically. Well, it, it, I'll even go back. Just one half-assed funny one was you was talking about cursing all the time. When I went to TNA and I was working with AJ Styles, AJ doesn't curse a lot, like at all. And I can't say a finish or give a finish without every other word being fuck. It's just fucking how you fucking give a goddamn finish. You so you fucking, you're going to hit the gimmick with the furnum and the fucking stavits. And AJ looks at me one day and says, can you have a conversation without using the F word? Which fucking F word are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, that's it. That's the one. And it was, it was my goal, and I finally reached it at one point to get AJ to actually say fuck, which he did reluctantly, but he, I, he has said it in his life thanks to me. But, you know, we talk about drugs. Well, well hang on now. I got to know, like, what got AJ over the edge? Was it, fuck Dixie? Like, what? fuck Vince Russo? What was it? What made it finally happen? He's got to be oh, Bro. I don't know. No. That's like a, that's like a fucking British uh, Massachusetts accent. I'm getting fucked up on Russo. Bro. You do it. You're better. Bullshit. But I, I AJ think, didn't do I think do he's drugs. even banned. I don't know that. I don't think we're even you allowed even to fucking have that. Have that. Oh, yeah. oh, He drove AJ Styles to say fuck. It wasn't really me. But, you know, AJ didn't do drugs. Didn't do it. I did. <laughs> Just saying. I, I did drugs before. Bruce stole a, a Mitch Hedberg joke, he told, and he thought it was, like, original. He's like, uh, you know, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. <laughs> well... There was a period when security got tighter at airports and everything that all of a sudden you have to go through machines and get scanned and all this other bullshit, which meant 
for us, we had to get creative in how we smuggled our drugs. Because in the day, well, no. I mean, in the day, you could just, like, wrap your shit up, throw in your briefcase in your bag, goes through the X. Nobody gave a shit. It was just pot. And now you have to get creative. So you'd have to roll it up. You'd have to, like, slide it in your crotchal area, walk through security. When you get on the other side, you go to the bathroom, and you retrieve it. Throw it in your bag. You're good to go. No cops, no fucking TSA bullshit. Well, that's great unless you forget it's there. And one, <laughs> two stories. One time, I'm sitting in the hotel and I get a phone call. Answer the phone. And my good friend Gerald Briscoe says, I dropped it. I said, you dropped what? My pot. What do you mean? He says, it fell down my pant leg, Bruce, and was there in the middle of everything. I said, what you had? He goes, I had it wrapped up in a napkin. I said, well, then fucking pick it up. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) So he let a half ounce of pot lay in the fucking middle of the Tampa International Airport, people walking all over it. And you know some trash guy's going to be happy. But we were in L.A. one day, and I'm sitting in the locker room. And one of the guys walks in, and they were in a hurry. They had been holding it, and they had to go to the bathroom bad. Throw their bag down. They go in the stall. You hear the stall door slam open, lock. You hear the pants go down. You hear them sit down, and you hear two things. Boom, boom. Followed by. <laughs> followed by. Fuck. Do, do, do. <laughs> Didn't stop him. <laughs> just say it was some shitty fucking pot, man. <laughs> we got it. Some things just won't deter people. It's like you got to do what you got to do. Shit well, happens. Well, th- like I said, this, this has been quite the experience because, you know, we we're cussing on a Sunday morning and crying. Is that a bad thing? Now we're telling drug stories. I think we should clean our act up a little bit. Why? Because we're going to welcome a very special guest, the one and only million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. How about another round of applause for one of the greatest of all time? So hang on, Conrad. Let me get this straight. I'm not fucking allowed to fuck say fuck with Ted out here. Ted has heard me say fuck probably more than anybody ever. It's like part of his dialogue. Sorry. But you used to say it. All the time. Would you? 
Would you explain, now Ted and I back in the day, we used to travel a lot and, and in Mid-South when Ted was in Houston, he would always stay at my place because two reasons, we were friends and he was cheap. <laughs> would you explain to them how we would order at Jack in the Box? It was really very simple. We would just drive up to the window or drive up to where they said, we'd like to take your order. Give us one of everything on the menu. That's how we <laughs> You want one of what, sir? <laughs> one of everything. And then we'd go back and eat it. I, yeah. had, I had help for my appetite, though. I, <laughs> I would have a very healthy appetite, so... Uh, has anybody here heard our Million Dollar Man episode? Yeah. I never asked you this. Did you check out our episode? It was a marathon. Did you make it all the way to the end? Uh, no, I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of, one of the more iconic stories from that show is when Bruce, on a commercial flight with Vince McMahon, realized, wow, this Million Dollar Man character is who Vince would have been had he been a wrestler. Would you agree with that? You've probably heard that before. I would ab absolutely agree with it. As a matter of fact, when I went for my first interview, and, and again, all of that, it's like I've known Bruce for a long time. I mean, uh, he started in Houston. I mean, my dad wrestled for Paul Bosch. I mean, that's how far back it goes. But uh, I had been wrestling in Japan, and I had, I had a great deal. I had just, I mean, Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody were probably the two most famous foreign wrestlers to ever wrestle for all Japan pro wrestling and Brody had jumped which was unheard of to the other company New Japan and Stan Hansen needed a new partner he says would you like the job I said are you kidding is a pig's ass pork I mean who wouldn't want it okay okay but I said, sure. So I, all of a sudden, I, I, I'm, I'm going to Japan anytime I want to, making more money than, you know, than, than I'd ever made. And, and it was really a, a great deal. So I'm getting ready to go on one of the, I'm going back to Japan. Bruce said, well, I'm going to New York to interview for, for a job with them. And I said, man, I said, you know, I was there in 79. And I, you know, I, I know Pat Patterson real well. And I did pay change, 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 change. Yeah. He said, I said, just they throw my name out and let me let me know if they're interested. Back, I mean, so just a little backstory. In '84, I was in I was in Georgia when the thing between Ted Turner and Vince was supposed to happen. And Pat shows up at the TV one one Saturday morning and says to all the guys in the dressing room, "said Don't worry, guys. Don't you know you're everybody's got a job. You don't have to worry about getting fired or any of that thing." Well, after all that meeting was over, I got off to the side with Pat, and I said, Pat, I said, you and I both know there's a difference between having a job and having a position. And as far as I can see right now, all the positions are taken. So if in the future there's an opportunity, then let me know. Well, Bruce goes and interviews. Now, I get a call from Japan, I mean, in Japan, and Bruce says, two things you got to know that just happened. I said, what? He says, number one, when you come back to Mid-South, Vince, uh, Bill Watts is no longer your boss. I said, what? He said, yeah. He says, he's just sold Mid-South to Jimmy Crockett. Well, that, that, what that told me immediately was if, if Bill Watts has sold his business, 
that he sees the handwriting on the wall, and there's only one place I need to be now, and that would be in the WWF. And so he says, and the second thing you need to know is Vince McMahon is very interested in you, and he says, whatever you do, do not sign anything with Jim Crockett until you have an opportunity to sit down and speak with Vince. So in that first meeting with Vince, he got called off to a, a, a call, and I'm sitting there with Pat, and what Pat said to me was this. He looked at me, he said, Ted, here's all you need to know. If Vince, were, if Vince were McMahon were going to be a character in his own show, this is who he would be. He says, in essence, it's who he is. And, uh, and, and it's, it played out to be true. So, And since I had to produce all the Million Dollar Man vignettes, I just patterned all the shit after Vince. <laughs> he did. The, all those, those, the vignettes that we did at the very beginning, uh, you know, kicking the kids out of the swimming pool and, you know, uh, you know, kicking the honeymoon couple out of the honeymoon suite, all of that stuff, you know. Bruce, you know, this guy's got a sick mind. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Inside where it counts, that means a lot. Thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> if you're like most people, you have a balance on your credit cards and a higher rate of interest than you would like. Why not turn some of those balances into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate and start saving money. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. The rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan. The application is 100% online, and you don't even need to leave the house to apply. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there's absolutely no fees. You can even get your funds as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And I got to tell you, that has been my experience with Lightstream. I've told the story a thousand times, but it bears repeating. I got the best car deal I ever had from Lightstream.com. I found the car I wanted, but it wasn't near me, and I didn't want to go through the hassle of letting the dealer finance me. I know how that works. They're going to try to jack my rate up and try to sell me on payment. I wanted the best rate I could get. I had a good credit score, and to my surprise, this was way easier than I ever imagined. I applied online. They overnighted me the check. I was able to shop like a cash buyer. And when it was all said and done, I got the car I wanted and at a rate I never thought was possible. That's my personal experience with Lightstream. And if you're in a similar situation with credit card debt right now, where you're looking for a way out of some of those minimum payments, and maybe you realize it's time to get a lower rate, I recommend Lightstream. My listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. Now, the only way to get the discount is to go to lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's L I G H T S T R E A M.com slash wrestle. Of course, this is subject to credit approval rate includes a half a percent auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash wrestle for more information. Well, we've got uh, our great friend Taylor Williamson here to take some questions from you guys. So if you've got a question, throw your hand up and Taylor will make his way over. I don't know Wait, what we'll have. You mean Taylor Williamson, the second most talented person in America? In America. Yeah. Wow. Where is Taylor? Ha, 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 ha. Where are you? I'm right here. Hey, everybody. How Taylor, you come up and take a bow. This, this, is, this is how over we are. We have the second most talented person in America 
taken out and shit. This is All wonderful. Right. If you ever get a chance, this is a funny little son of a bitch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Are those my pills? Yeah, why'd you leave your, my question is why'd you leave my pills your pills in my car? Thank you. Okay, you guys always hear that shit when the five o'clock deal goes it's off? It's not a joke. <laughs> That's it, right there. Yeah. yeah. I keep them in my little breast saver thing, and he stole it. <laughs> and the pills are still there. What is there. that, Viagra? <laughs> no, it's Blue, Blue Chew. Blue Chew. <laughs> God damn, Tim, man. get with the program. Get with the program, Teddy. We will hook you up. <laughs> All right, does anyone have any questions? Amateurs. You gotta, uh, I don't your, need that stuff <laughs> much. <laughs> put your hand up if you got a question, Taylor. If not, we'll just. Right, they're a lively bunch of this other morning, side Taylor. Of the room. Hey, Taylor, you got a question? Um, yeah. Why did you tell me I had to be here at 10 o'clock and then uh, I got here and you're like, yeah, we're in no rush? I cut my finger on the escalator rushing here. And you, now, you, now you guys understand why he didn't win the most talented. <laughs> Wait, one more question. Do I, do I sue Conrad or Caesar's Palace? I'm not joking. It's not supposed to be funny. All right, I'm done. Okay, what's your name, sir? Tommy, where are you from, buddy? Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, are you going to StarCast 3? I plan on it. Ew. That was a bad answer. Try again. Maybe. All right, we got heels in the crowd. What's your question for these legends up here? Uh, this is more for Bruce. Um, so I remember Jim Cornette talking about a rib that he inadvertently put on you because he thought he was speaking to Owen, where he was actually speaking to Stu Hart, and he made you out to sound like a sexual deviant. So I was, <laughs> I was wondering what your reaction was when you found out about it. I remember it vividly uh, because we, we had walked in and Owen and Davy Boy were on the phone with Stu Hart. So when Cornette came in to the dressing room, they go, hey, Jim, talk to Stu because he's pissed off about the whole thing with Diana Hart and Shawn Michaels and having an affair and all this other stuff. The, they had previously agreed to and everybody was fine with. So I'm in the, there was like two rooms and, and they're in on the phone. I'm in the other room and Cornette gets on the phone and he's like, yeah, what do you want, you old fucker? And everybody does stew. Okay. So you never know. And Cornette, since Owen hands him the phone, that this has got to be a rib. And Stu is like, yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it's my daughter. Uh, what kind of uh, pervert uh, comes up with uh, shit like this? Uh. And Cornette says, that fucking Bruce Pritchard motherfucker's a pervert that came out. And we got a fucker in the ass. And we got bed right. I'm like, And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> so I walk into the room. And he goes, here, Stu wants to talk to you. He gives me the phone. And again, Owen and them are, are standing right there. And I'm like, hello? Yeah, who's this? It's Bruce Pritchard. It can't appear are you. Thank you for my daughter and putting her in these. Yeah, story. And, and I 
didn't know, but I'm at the same time, Owen's looking at me going, it's Stu, it's really Stu. Yeah, it was not pretty. <laughs> Stu was looking for me the next time we went to Calgary as a shoot. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice hand here. If they put that, yeah. Yeah. The shit was real. Hey, that, that reminds me of a story, too. Was a, there was a wrestling promoter after me at one time, too. His name was Leroy McGurk. By gosh, Ted, why? I was dating his daughter. Is dating like a loose term we're using here? <laughs> Define loose. <laughs> what? Oh, come on, it's Sunday morning in Las Vegas. Yeah, at the time, I was pretty loose. Yeah. And Leroy was blind and owned a gun. <laughs> but you got to hear J.R. tell the story. J.R. said that... that uh, <laughs> Sasha Fryer. That's too... <laughs> Well, think, think of more if you get that damn uh, well, that thing in your pants there. Or, uh, you didn't have this problem. Uh, yeah, poor Jr. Uh, Stu, uh, yeah, Stu. I'm saying Stu. Leroy. Leroy gets him Back up. On track, the, yeah, come the, on. Gets him up in the middle of the night and makes him drive him to Shreveport from Tulsa. And Leroy's got a he said a fifth of whiskey in his lap. And a 38 revolver, and he's I was smoking a cigarette or a cigar, 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 and at some point during that that trip, the the butt off of the cigar falls on his pants, burns and burns hole in his leg. So he's he's a blind man thrashing around in a car. He's drunk and got a 38 revolver in his hand. The GR's about to have a condition fit. Yeah, going to kill Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah. Shit happens They never sometimes. found me, obviously. But I tell you what you know, Murdoch used to do from then on. Anytime we'd be in Tulsa, you know, and Leroy would come in the dressing room. Of course, you know, he'd be led into the dressing room. He can't see. He's blind. And he'd look across the room at me and start to shout my name. And he'd go, oh, Murphy. And I'd go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please don't say DBIC, too, you know, because the guy didn't like me for some reason. He was blind and did color commentary. <laughs> True story. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Taylor, where'd you go? I can't uh, see in these bright lights. On the right side, we got Sean from Las Vegas. So, Bruce, uh, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't come out with Jeff Jarrett's uh, theme song. I can't wait to be home with my baby tonight. Uh, another thing is, why... Why did Vince always sound so raspy whenever he whenever he would talk to like certain people in private conversations? God damn it, pal. Just a little raspy there. But look, hey, I just want to make something clear too. Um, with my baby tonight is not the only song that I sing. I'm a damn good singer. I have other no, songs. Yes, I am, Conrad. No. I'm gonna no. sing right now. I'm gonna sing this Ted. I'm so happy, I'm so gay, I can come every day, 
I'm your mailman. I don't mess with keys or locks. I'll just stick it in your box. I'm your mailman. I can come in any kind of weather. That's because my sack is made of leather. I'm so happy, I'm so gay, I can come every day. I'm your mailman. Folks, I do weddings. Everybody's got a price. All right, if there's one thing you know about me by now, it's that I constantly talk about saving money. You might even know that Bruce likes a good negotiation. Well, what's a deal? Don't we all? Here's the thing. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field and it sort of taunts us at checkout. And Bruce and I have even joked about that. Oh, just try promo code wrestling, right? But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is now a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that fits your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, and they range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands, even food delivery. And here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you go to checkout, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Guys, I have legitimately used Honey for about a year, and I use it every time I check out. I got a deal on a washer and dryer randomly. Uh, we've had hours for quite a while, and early last month we needed to replace them. I went to the site, and to my surprise, Honey had a code, and I saved a couple hundred bucks right there. I've done it clothes shopping. I did it constantly throughout Christmas. It even tried to help me on eBay the other day. Honey is legit. And by the way, it's free. I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed this as a browser extension. Uh, I recently got a new laptop. I made sure it was one of the first things I put on there. I'm serious. Uh, Honey has found over 17 million members, more than $2 billion in savings. How incredible is that? Now let's just go ahead and be clear here. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash wrestle. That's joinhoney.com slash wrestle. Start saving some money today. It's free joinhoney.com slash wrestle it was traveling with ted in the million dollar man gimmick because he had to live the gimmick on the road and he had like extra cash that he would throw around to prove the million dollar man gimmick so it was great getting into clubs and shit and just driving around you know that's funny because when i think about somebody throwing money around i think about our next guest atm eric bischoff himself put it together
feel like this is going to be a weird kind of sandwich right now. <laughs> the worst kind of sandwich. I, I, am, I am really nervous. <laughs> Probably not the usual Bischoff type of threesome you have in Vegas, is it? <laughs> no, this is no bucket list right here. <laughs> that hurts inside again. So how are you feeling, man? We're at home stretching here at StarCast. It's been a crazy few days, huh? This is really bizarre, and this is now I really know I'm I, I'm going to be 64 tomorrow. Okay, and up until this point, I'm, I keep thinking to myself, I know I'm my driver's license says I'm going to be 64, but I don't feel 64. I feel 24 until I come to Vegas, and now I feel like I'm 84. I've been in bed every night by nine o'clock. I'm in Vegas for my birthday, and I'm in bed at 9 o'clock. It's a different kind of thing. I actually do feel my age. Well, it's your birthday tomorrow, right? Yeah. Well, I think we all should give him an early happy birthday song. Oh, no, you don't have yeah, to do no, that. No, wait, we do, no, really, no, no. okay? <laughs> I just heard you sing. No, I'm good. You ready? Well, I think, I think maybe we should have a little help from our friends. Maybe the Macho yeah. Man, maybe Dusty Rhodes. Maybe Terry Funk. Ooh. That's a big happy birthday. Even after all that money you stole from me, Eric Bishop. I know because I was creative genius till you came in and said, Dusty, I'm going to put an NWO on you. I'm going to make it hotter than hot. I'm going to fuck it all up and all this shit. We're talking about your mama. Your mother's a whore. But on three, we're going to do one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Eric. Happy birthday to you. Oh, that was sweet. And, and Eric, our present for you is 64 blue chews. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My head would explode. Both of them. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this works, but usually you do one extra and say one to grow on. Uh, I don't know if that works. Taylor, do we have a question for Eric? Yeah, I feel like Bruce is trying to audition for America's Got Talent over here. He's singing. He's trying to tell jokes. Don't what? dance. Promise you won't dance. <laughs> All right, stage right, uh, we got Devin from Detroit. Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, originally my question was for the Million Dollar Man, but uh, since Eric is out here, Eric, you always say on the show that uh, WCW's biggest flaw was that they didn't have good finishes in their matches. And uh, Bruce and Pat were great at doing finishes. So from you two, what, what makes a great finish and what could WCW done better to get better finishes? What could he have, who could he have brought in or what could he have done to have better finishes in their matches? I mean, for me, a finish is no different than the end of a great movie or, or a television series. Um, it's, it, it should leave you feeling... If, if, the, if the hero in your movie, if it's a babyface movie, if you're rooting for the star of the movie, the, the protagonist, if you will, the payoff in that movie, the last 10 minutes of that movie, uh, typically a movie's 120 minutes long, it's the last 10 minutes that make you feel the most satisfied. If you have a great movie, the first 110 minutes are fantastic, but the last 10 minutes suck, you're kind of like Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? 
That was a great, and I'm not knocking that, but that was a, that's what I, that's kind of what I mean. You, you had eight great seasons, I think it was eight seasons. Eight great seasons, magnificent storytelling, great character development, captivated you know millions of people uh, around the world, and everybody's pissed off because the, the final episode kind of let them down. And that's all they remember. So for me, a great finish really highlights the story that's been told, that's, that, that led up to it, and pays it off in a very positive way. And I think oftentimes in WCW's case, the, the, at least in my opinion, the finishes were almost afterthoughts. So much time went into the body of the match and telling a great story in the match, and it was almost like they just threw in the finish. Oh, well, we got to end. Okay, we got, we got, how long do we have? 12 minutes? Okay, we'll go into the finish now. It, 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 that's the way it felt for me, at least. In terms of what we could have done, we, if we could have hired Pat Patterson, I think that would have made a big difference, at least for us. Instead, you hired me. <laughs> but we did get stuck with Johnny Laurinaitis. Yes, we did. The most satisfying seconds of the finishes last 10 seconds for me. <laughs> Just saying. What? All right, we got James from California over here. Hey guys, I'm actually glad Eric's on stage. Uh, Bruce, he's been pretty vocal about the fact that when he first got to WWE, you were the only uh, office personnel that really embraced him and, and didn't still hold the grudges. I'm just curious, I mean, in the wrestling business, and especially WWE, everybody's forgiven. Hell, you're forgiven. So why... Why were you the only one? What do you think it was about him uh, that made you the only one? And what made you able to block out everything that had happened the past four years and get along with him in a way nobody else could and still today? I'm still the only one that likes him, I think. <laughs> in the business. <laughs> this is no. true. <laughs> no, I had no, I had, I had no previous history with Eric other than his... A uh, cup of coffee tryout in the 80s or 90s, and I had I had nothing to begrudge him about. He, you know, he kicked our ass for 83 weeks. If anything, there was something to learn from that, and I wanted to pick his brain more than anything. It's like, okay, great, we won, it's over. Now here's a talent. I didn't care. You can't take business personally, and and I, I'm guilty of that a lot of times. But with Eric, I didn't know him, and. There was nothing. There was nothing to be begrudged about. So uh, I was there to work with him and make money and give him a chance. And we had fun doing it. By the way, we had a lot of fun doing it. I'm interested to hear. Do you think he would have extended you the same gratitude had WCW won the war and then you come over? I don't know. I think that if we had met. And if we had actually met and gone through the different machinations of business that we've gone through the years, I, I do. Because, frankly, he did. Uh, Eric's the one that called me to come to TNA when I was unemployed and nobody would touch me in the wrestling business. And he was the one that called me and said, hey, um, you have heat with Vince Russo? So, I don't know. We do now. Well... <laughs> Whatever, I, I don't care. I mean, I, really, I don't, look, no one has heat with me in the wrestling business with, with very few exceptions, really one. Uh, but, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
but yeah, you just, I mean, you have to move on, and, and I do think you would have. You know, I, you, we've never told that story on the show, but there is a real reason that you have shit on Jerry Jarrett for as long as you have, and since this is the last live show, y'all want to hear it? Well, Jerry, when Jerry came in, um, Jerry came in to be a consultant for Vince, and that meant that every Sunday, Vince would have long telephone conversations with Jerry Jarrett, and Jerry would give his feedback on the product at the time. When I came back in 92 or 93, 93, whatever it was, it was after... It was 92, late 92. 92, after the SummerSlam in, in the UK. I came back, and I was back maybe three or four weeks when I, I moved into my condo, and my brother Tom called me, and, and was we talked a little bit, but he sounded very distant, very cold. I always had a pretty good relationship with Tom. I hung up the phone and waited a few minutes, and it really bothered me. I called him back, and I said, hey, what's... You pissed at me? And he went on to, he, to ask me, he says, well, why did you blackball me from the WWF? I said, well, first of all, there is no such thing as blackballing. I said, I've never blackballed anyone in my life. I'm not going to start with you. Why would you think that? He says, well, because Jerry Jarrett told me you did. And I had never worked with Jerry up until this point. I'd met Jerry a couple times in Memphis. I'd never worked one day with him, had one conversation with him in the WWF at that time. I came to Vince's house the next day, told Vince, he said, God damn, just call Jerry. So I called Jerry, and Jerry swore up and down that he had never said anything to Tom. Put all the heat on Tom. Well, you know how Tom is. He's paranoid. He does. You know. And I, okay, you know, I can see, but you never said, I never said, Bruce, I don't even know you. Why would I say that? Never. I said, you didn't allude to it or say maybe because of your brother. I don't even, I didn't, you weren't even working here. It's okay. I took him at his word. Fast forward, and Jerry uh, did not prove to be very creative, very good, or anything, and it was time for Jerry to leave. But before that, Jerry had come in, and Jerry had gone to the HR person and, and stated that Pat Patterson and I had gone to all the higher-ups and said Jerry Jarrett was uh, terrible and said all these horrible things about Jerry Jarrett. So we had to have a meeting. Grown-ass men having a meeting with a, a HR person in the middle of it. And as we're, we're having this meeting, I just said, Jerry, bring in one person, just one, that will confirm that I ever went to him, Pat or I, ever went to them and said anything negative about you. And I'll leave. I'm done. I'll leave right now. Well, you know, and he couldn't produce anyone. And as he was explaining and saying, no, I can't do it, he says, hey, you know, bro, it's like, you know, with Tom, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't know what else to say. Uh, I just figured he's not here that you must have blackballed him. And this is in the middle of a diatribe, and I went, what, what, wait, wait, what, what? You told me you never said anything. Well, you know, I just, I didn't know what else to say. And that's when I was done with Jerry Jarrett. So fuck Jerry Jarrett. I, I get along great with Jeff. I love Jeff. And, and Jeff and I have a great relationship. I, I just don't with his dad. And, his, and I, I could care less about Jerry Jarrett. Ever. Man, wrestling was one of the best parts of being a kid. 
I used to watch every single Saturday morning. It feels like it was uh, a routine in the house. You wake up, you do a little Saturday morning cartoons, you break out the big bowl of cereal and right after the cartoons are over, it's time for some wrestling. Growing up, man, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually we have to give it up because we realize it's full of sugar and a bunch of other junk. You probably shouldn't be eating. And if you're like me and everyone else in the new year, you're trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food, but you're probably thinking I can't eat anything anymore. If you've been drinking protein shakes or powders for years, I finally found a delicious way to get your protein in before or after your workouts. Of course, I'm talking about magic spoon. And here's the thing, man, we're all trying to eat better right now, but a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. You see magic spoon has all the amazing flavors you love, but none of the bad stuff. Don't take my word for it. Check this out. Zero sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. They're only 140 calories a serving and it's keto friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low carb and GMO free. They offer an incredible variety pack and check this out. There's a new flavor, cocoa, fruity, frosted and peanut, peanut butter. Uh, this is a, a household favorite at my house. I gotta tell you, we have uh, been rocking the cocoa pretty consistently. The girls usually fight over it, but the peanut butter, boy, it's the new crown jewel. Check it out. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle right now. Grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our very special promo code wrestle at checkout. You'll save $5 off your order. By the way, magic spoon is so confident in their products. They give you a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. However, you need to remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle. Use the promo code wrestle to save $5 off. That's magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle. And the promo code is wrestle to save five bucks off. And we thank magic spoon for sponsoring this podcast and awesome breakfast. I'll piss on his fucking gray motherfucker. <laughs> I, I won't because it's not, it's not worth that much to me and I'm too old to give a shit anymore. I don't know that you and I have talked about this, but a couple of months ago, there was a comic con type situation in Chicago. Corny had a show and Eric and I had a show with Tony and somewhere in there, uh, there was a little bit of a disagreement with Eric and Jim Cornette and I got an earful and it was a promo cut on my voicemail. And then when I called him back about what he's going to do the next time he sees Eric Bischoff. So then I called Eric and said, Hey man, uh, just as a heads up. And so they talked and you got your first dose of Jim Cornette doing what he does best. You talked to corny. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, not to relive the whole thing, but you know, no, please do. <laughs> I've never heard it. I, I please. I'll tell you this. This is one of the lines. We're gonna find out if that kung fu shit's for real, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's see how good it is with my goddamn pistol. This fucking Louisville slugger, motherfucker. I'll break his goddamn kneecaps. And I was like, can I record this right now, please? This would be so awesome if we could air this. No, before the show. Of course, you know, Conrad stirred me up a little bit. I got to give you a little bit of the heat. Got to fade it over. Conrad stirred me no, up. No, Conrad stirred? Just a little bit up. You know, I said, like, God damn, Jim Cornette. You know, he's posting this thing about our, our sponsors. He's taking a shot at Blue Chew. 
you know, making fun of us because we advertise Blue Chew. And I'm thinking, well, that's pretty fucking stupid, but <laughs> whatever. And I, was, I waited for the appropriate time, and I, I tweeted off some smack about Jim Cornette. Well, evidently, my smack hurt his feelings, got him very angry. And evidently, I made a reference. I'm not going to repeat it here because it's water under the bridge. But I made a reference to very, very indirectly to his family that, or his mother and father that he took offense to. There was no offense intended in my comment, but he took offense to it. And he went off. And then, you know, Conrad, he tell, Conrad tells me, you know, he relays this conversation. You know, and evidently, I'm paraphrasing it here, but Cornette said something like, "Either you, we're going to either talk this out or we're going to fight it out, and I'm going to break both his kneecaps. I said, well, fuck, I was willing to talk it out, but I like the second choice better. Let's, <laughs> let's, go, let's roll with that. And see Are you all ready for StarCast 3? Come on! <laughs> but, but when I called Cornette, he was his, I was kind of half expecting, you know, to get a whole ear full and, you know, be entertained by it, because he's an entertaining son of a bitch when he gets hot. But, but he was actually, you know, really civilized. I was quite shocked. It was a very cordial conversation. That's so, boring. And, 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 no, I know, right? You wanted me to say... I'll fucking break your goddamn <laughs> name, case, motherfucker! No guns, no knives, no cops! I'll bring my, a baseball bat. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he meant every word when he said it. Taylor, we got a question here for Erica Bruce. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, second row in the front, we got Sal from Texas over here. So with everything that transpired last night and the way wrestling is going, with your minds, how do you think this is going to affect the future? And what did you think about the show last night? I didn't watch the show last night. <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on, guys. Uh, the shit was sold out. Uh, <laughs> Sold out in four minutes. It was really hard for him to get a ticket. And, 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 and I didn't get an invitation to come over. But seriously, the reason I didn't want to go over, and, and this, is the, this is God's truth. If I would have showed up there, there would have been dirt sheet writers foaming at the mouth. There would have been stupid shit being talked about for weeks. People would have been asking me questions. You guys all would have gone home, and between the chat rooms and everything else we all do, right, there would have been an entirely, you know, there would have been a three-episode series about my involvement in AEW. So I decided they didn't need that headache, and neither did I. But I will watch it, and I'll watch it, you know, on pay-per-view, but I didn't watch it live. I'm not going to lie to you. In terms of where, look, here's, here's what they've, they've only accomplished a little bit, right? It's early. They've created an unbelievable momentum. They were able to sell out the building in Chicago in, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. They sold this thing out 13,000, 14,000 seats in five or 10 minutes, whatever it was. They've got their first pay-per-view under their belt now. They've amassed some of the greatest talent, you know, available on the independent scene. Oh, and they got a couple hundred million dollars to play with. Oh, and they got this little thing called the TNT television opportunity. So, yeah, they're just, they're just getting Are you going. talking about you? No. Oh. <laughs> but I think with the momentum they've got and the opportunity they've got, I think great things will happen. And look, we've proved it before. Both companies did before. When there's competition, you know, you think harder, you work harder, uh, you work smarter, and you come up with better shit. So I think it'll be a good thing. And I, I was on the plane. I am curious. Yeah, Bruce was traveling. He, blowing me up in the middle of the pay-per-view. Where's my ride? Uh, 
So chat me up, though. You saw the graphic come out a week or two ago, whenever it was, when it was announced that TNT was going to be the partner. And they don't just announce it. There's flames behind it, very reminiscent of Nitro. And, you know, allegedly, you know, the rumor in innuendos, they applied for a trademark once upon a time called Tuesday Night Dynamite. How does it make you feel? You know, oddly, I'm just not connected to it at all. You know, I, 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 what I did at TNT was 20-some-odd years ago. It's an entirely new net, network with entirely new management, entirely new market conditions and goals and strategies. Uh, it's such a different world that, you know, the little wink and the nod to Nitro, yeah, it's kind of cute, you know, makes me, makes me giggle a little bit. But beyond that, I really don't think about it that much. Taylor, we got one more for Eric. Yeah, we got, we got Chris from Charlotte right here at the same spot. All right, guys. So this one is probably a little bit more for Conrad and for Bruce. Has your phone stopped buzzing with pissed off DMs or emails since Cody grabbed a mic on Thursday from the comments from the shots that he's been making towards Connecticut? I have zero idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> My phone's always fucking buzzing and ringing, but I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about at all. So Bruce doesn't no know comment. how to work his phone most of the time. That's the reason Dave Silva's with us. It was just here. Where was it? Uh, no, I thought it was great uh, because it was good PR for StarCast, and I hope Cody does it again today. So I'm, I'm all about it. All right, let's try Jordan, you got to do better than this guy, okay? <laughs> The bar set really low, okay. He's right next to us. I hope he can't hear this. Okay. All right, Jordan from Massachusetts. Uh, hello, fellas. So I was watching Glacier in the uh, Double or Nothing Battle Royale last night and got me thinking. This is a question for uh, all three of you guys. But what is your favorite goofy 90s wrestling gimmick? And Bruce, you can't say Brother Love. Yeah, that was the 80s anyway. So. <laughs> 90s? Um, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I go Bastion Booger. I'll, I'll give Bastion a fucking the nod for that. That was just grotesquely horrible on, on all levels. And there's someone sitting on this, at this table that came up with that fucking name. So, yeah, Conrad. I was 11. What the fuck? He's talking about himself. I didn't come up with that. What was your goofiest gimmick, Eric? It's got it's got to be beaten Sting at Starcade '97, right? I mean, that's the goof. No, seriously, it's the it's the Yeti. It's got to be. There's a microphone there, Eric. Right, we we put it up here so my, they can my, all hear us. My glasses got steamed up. I couldn't. I couldn't hear myself. Wait. <laughs> Wait. First of all. Huh? <laughs> oh, now I got you. <laughs> I'd like to just clarify for our sponsor that it's not a side effect from Blue Chew. <laughs> Blue Chew will not affect your vision or hearing. It's perfectly safe. It's fine. <laughs> How fucking old are you, man? <laughs> I don't know. You start talking into your glasses in a minute. We're gonna call the ambulance. 
Here, he won't hear a thing you say. <laughs> Anything you want. It's all good. I go with Oz. I think Oz had to be just about as goofy as anything. Yete was a close second, but Oz is right there. Hey, real quick, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. And man, are they going to help you start the new year with a bang? Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you're big enough, what I'm putting down. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No awkwardness. You don't have to leave the house. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code WRESTLE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and the promo code is WRESTLE to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use the promo code WRESTLE at BlueChew.com. You know, something that's funny that Kevin Nash told me about that is, you know, I had that giant robe. So when you're seven foot tall, your robe is a foot taller than everybody else. So it's this giant fabric. It wasn't made by the lady who made all the ricks. So there was no, like, weight savings considered with this. This was made for a, a stage show. So it's just stationary. He has to go on a European tour with this fucking thing and the mask. And this is before, and I couldn't believe this was real. I guess luggage didn't used to have wheels. You guys are old as fuck. You remember that. <laughs> so Kevin no, I Europe. actually thought of that on this tour. I'm on the road for like two fucking weeks. I got this big bag on wheels that's heavy as shit. And I, I'm thinking, back. no, they didn't have fucking wheels. We carried our shit like men. So, so Kevin Nash had to carry that giant fucking Oz get up all through Europe on that one WCW tour. Then he was like, fuck this. I can't do this anymore. For $75,000 a year. And he had to drag that thing around with him. God, who signed that contract? <laughs> Way yeah, overpaid. One more for Eric here. We're in the back uh, stage right. And we got Joe from Colorado, America. Hi, uh, my question's actually for Bruce. Uh, just... With uh, Ambrose, uh, Moxley, you don't typically see someone get that kind of send-off that he did from the WWE when they know they're leaving. How does uh, everyone up north feeling about last night? Did they know that was coming? I haven't, uh, guys, I can't comment on last night. I didn't see it. I know I, I haven't read anything, but I don't, don't know. Don't get upset. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm just saying for any, I don't know. I, I'm here. I flew in to do this for you guys today. I have zero idea, and it was the first time I slept in, in many nights. So, unfortunately, I don't know. Bruce, no idea. Bruce, you have Vince's number. Call him right now and find out. <laughs> call Vince. Call Vince. <laughs> nope. We are not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Dude, hey, and here's the thing. This isn't like our 1130 like, on Saturday night crowd either. Man. They, they haven't been drinking. I, or, or, oh, you no, have this you. is Vegas. They've been drinking. <laughs> 
I saw half of them in a the lobby bar on the way up here. I, I walked into the to the breakfast eat and greet earlier, and RVDs was in the same room, and RVD was late. And I walked in, I go, oh wow, how many of y'all are all fucking stoned? Every one of them like this. And then my table goes, yeah, us too, man. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. So it's Vegas. It's all good. It's Sunday morning, Eric. I, you know what? It's it is Sunday. I thought it was Saturday. Give me my glasses. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. <laughs> no, it is kind of funny when you, you know, I was, when I first got here, I got here Wednesday night, and a couple of the guys that Conrad was working with, you know, came down to the lobby bar, and we had a beer together, and some guy walks up to the bar, and he pulls out his vape pen, and he's just smoking the fuck out of his weed right at the bar. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, this is different, but it's... I guess it's legal, right? And the bartender says, oh, sure, you can, you know, you can smoke weed at the bar if you want. It just dawned on me that, you know, you can actually come to Vegas and walk around a casino smoking weed. It's weird. Uh, you know, I liked it better when it was illegal, because then you felt like you were getting away with something, you know? It's always a little bit more fun when it's sneaky, right? Okay, all right. If we're going to talk about sneaky drug stories, y'all want to hear another drug story we can't tell in the podcast? Once upon a time, Bruce, you were at uh, a, very, a very special gathering in New York, maybe Vince McMahon's birthday party, and I think you're with Roddy Piper. We got any Roddy Piper fans here? I'll let you take it from here, Bruce. Well, we, we had been out in the city all night, and we're coming back. We had a limousine, and we were going back to drop Roddy off his hotel and drop me off at home. And there was a hotel in, in Sanford, right off exit six, that we always stayed at. We knew it very well. We had to, we had to go to the bathroom. It's 3.30 in the morning, and this is a no-hassle stop, because they had a side door right by the bathroom. Go in, go out. Nobody sees you. You're get fucked with. No security. So the car pulls right up. We uh, get out, go into the bathroom. There's two urinals and a stall. Roddy and I are going to the bathroom when we notice there's someone sitting down in the stall. And they start talking to us. And Roddy starts answering them. And we finish our business, kind of back up, and we look and we notice that the guy is sitting on the floor in the stall. And Roddy's still having a conversation with him when the stall door opens. And standing there before us at 3.30 in the morning, having absolutely no business whatsoever to be in Sanford, Connecticut, is Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> he's got a little pipe with him. And he's smoking it. And he asks, want some? Twitch Piper answers, oh, yeah. <laughs> Roddy hits it, passes it to me. I hit it, pass it back to Jake. We leave. I get in the car with Roddy, and I look out and say, God damn, that was some of the worst fucking pot I've ever smoked in my life. And he looks back at me and goes, yeah, because that was crack cocaine, son. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hear what he was a no, but that was... Yeah, that was great. And, and, and where I thought he was going, and, and I, I wasn't going to tell this, but it's a good story. Because we, we, we tell this story about Bobby Heenan. And Bobby and I, man, just go way back, good, close friends. And he was like a father and a brother to me. 
And Bobby hit a point in his life where Bobby uh, was just drinking too much. And it had affected his family life and his on-the-road life, everything. And his daughter asked him to please stop drinking, to which he agreed. He said, I'm not going to drink anymore. And after about three days being on the road, especially with me, he looks at me and says, how in the fuck do you do it? I said, I smoke dope. Oh, come on. Hang on now. What? Calm down, Barbara Bush. You just said, I smoke dope. Like, you're the oldest person I know. It's marijuana. It's weed. It's not dope. Dope means like fucking heroin, Barbara Bush. What's wrong with you? Well, back in my day, kid, we smoked dope. So, <laughs> I, you know, says, well, I never did that. Well, what's it? Well, how do you do it? What do you do? I said, well, fuck, it's... You, so he didn't know. It was, it was like smoking a cigarette. You know, you get a joint, you smoke it and everything. He says, well, you got any on you? I'm like, who are you talking to? Of course they do. <laughs> and so we're sitting there, and I fucking, <clears throat> well, my sock's up. I always kept it right here, my sock, okay? Because cops aren't going to look there nine times out of ten, empty your pockets, they pat you down. They're not going to find it there. He's like, what the fuck? And I explained to him, always keep it in your socks, man. That way they won't find it. You'll be good. That's how you travel with it. So Bobby smokes a joint. We have a get nice little buzz on. We're going to go out to eat now. As we go, Bobby leads the way. Bobby walks out the door, comes right back in, and looks at me and says, you motherfucker. I'm fucking seeing shit now. I'm hallucinating. I said, What? Goes, there's a goddamn lumberjack and a fucking midget in the hallway, and they're waving at me. <laughs> okay, Bobby, I mean, it's good shit, but it's not that good. Let's go. So he leads again. He goes out and comes right back and he says, God damn it, now they know my name. <laughs> okay, Wheeze. Let's go. So I lead this time, and I walk out the door. Look down the hall. Here's a fucking midget in a tuxedo and top hat <laughs> and a lumberjack walking down the hall. Going, hey, Bobby! Hey, Bobby! <laughs> it was Sky Lolo, a little midget wrestler and this big lumberjack from Joe Savoldi's group. So what really was. So now Bobby, you know, gets to smoking pot. It's good. I couldn't stop there. I had to ruin his life more. There was this wonderful uh, supplement that was on the market at the time. It's available at all your finer health food stores. And it was a bodybuilding supplement. Help you cut fat and make you feel good, help you sleep. Really make you feel good. Went by the name of GABA hydroxide butyrate, short for GHB, is how they refer to it. This before it was a date rape drug. <laughs> I was about to say, that's the date rape drug, y'all. He's trying to soften it up here a little bit. And, but this was the good shit. This was the good shit from Germany. It was granules. It was crystals. You put it one scoop. And I show Bobby this. And I, I explained to him how to do it. You take one scoop, only one scoop. Do not ever take more than one scoop. You put it in your orange juice. You mix it up. You drink it. And you go the fuck to bed. Don't pass go. Don't go do something else. Go right the fuck to bed. You're going to wake up, you will sleep like a baby, wake up in the morning, you will have pissed your pants, shit the bed, but you will feel fucking great. 
So Bobby starts taking this, and he loves it. Well, go on, and uh, I get this phone call. It's Bobby. Starts kind of like this. You motherfucker. You've ruined my life. What happened, Bobby? Because I got arrested. For what? Well, I was flying from San Francisco to Tampa. Late night flight, I, I figured I'd take my GHB and sleep on the flight. So I'm at the gate, and I take a scoop of my GHB, put it in there. I look at the bottom. There's just a little bit left. Didn't think there was that much. So he empties the rest of the bottle in the orange juice, drinks it, sleeps the entire way to Tampa. Arrives in Tampa, everybody gets off the plane, except Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Flight attendant tries to wake him up, he won't wake up. Pilot comes out, tries to wake him up, he ain't waking up. They call EMTs. EMTs come, which also brings the police. They put him on a stretcher. They take Bobby out. Bobby wakes up in baggage claim. Feeling great, I might add. <laughs> and they let him off the stretcher. He's like, what the fuck happened? Well, sir, you passed out on the plane. We couldn't bring you to. Is, uh, is your name Raymond Heenan? Yes. Um, we have these bags here. Can you identify these bags? Are these your bags? Yes, those are my bags. Okay, great. Could you please turn around and uh, put your hands on it? You're under arrest. And she's telling me this. I go, Bobby, fuck. They can't arrest you for GHB. It's legal. You can buy the GNC. No, motherfucker. It wasn't the GHB. It was the pot. Like, well, I mean, what? They fr how, how the fuck would they know? They frisky? He goes, no, it was in my bag. So what are you doing fucking putting it in your bag? He goes, hey, goddammit, I put it in my socks. We're helping people across the country at SaveWithConrad.com. And what are we helping them do? Keep more of their own money. Just ask Toby in Oklahoma. We hooked him up. He gave us a five-star review, and here's what he had to say. Conrad's team was able to do everything I hoped for. They helped me reduce my mortgage term by 13 years, paid off my car and credit cards, and dropped my interest rate significantly. Now, who doesn't want to do that? Do you want a better interest rate? Yes. Would you like to pay off all your credit cards? Just like that. Of course. Wouldn't it be cool to pay off your car? Oh, and by the way, pay your house off 13 years faster. Are you kidding? It sounds too good to be true, but we're doing it every single day at SaveWithConrad.com for families just like you. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. It really is a fast and easy quick quote. What have you got to lose? What if you could save 13 years? What if you could pay off your car? What if you could knock out all your credit cards? Hurry. These rates won't last forever. And I want to help you make sure your debt doesn't last forever either. Go to savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's right. You can pocket your house payments for the next two months at savewithconrad.com. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing too, because having a home is hard work. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com. Easy. I ruined Bobby Heenan's life. Yeah. 
Well, let's bring up our last guest, somebody else's life I've ruined. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Schiavone. All we can do for Tony Schiavone. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for that. You're exactly right. Can we just address the elephant in the room? You're wearing fucking earrings now. No shit. Seriously, I want to kiss the nape of his neck. He looks like a little baby girl back here with these curls. Look at this. What's going on, Tony? One of those guys, when I was, I was doing the meet and greet, and one of them said, is this a midlife crisis? And I went, you're damn right it is. No, it's not, because I passed midlife a long time ago, guys. <laughs> this is an old fuck crisis is what we got on our hands. But it's powered by Bluetooth. <laughs> it sure is. Which, I might add, and I'm really excited about, I was at the after party yesterday, and... Someone came to me and said, you want to take a picture with three porn stars in front of the Bluetooth background? I'm like, yeah. Yes, I do. And my son, Matt, was with me, so I said, Matt, just stand over there and talk to somebody else. I don't want you to see what's good. It's about happening. So. But it was a lot of fun. We, it's, this has been well, who, just who were they? It was three guys or what? It no. could happen. Exactly. Okay. I mean, and being the pro that I am, had I walked up with the three guys, I said, okay, guys, gather round. <laughs> Let's get them up. That's right. Blue Chew has been good to all of us. So, yes, sir. I'm not talking about in the bedroom as well. I'm talking about other things. But it's great. It's been a great weekend. Great job. Hopefully you uh, will smile a little bit more come Monday. Well, I'm, I'm going to smile when Taylor Williamson has a, uh, a fun question for you because he's here with us and uh, people are excited that you're here. I've heard multiple people, Tony, refer to you as the MVP of StarCast this Oh, weekend. really? No, no, come on. You know what? Thank you. I, I appreciate that, but I think it's a, really, I, it's a group effort. It really is to put this thing together. And uh, uh, as you know, uh, he's announced another StarCast uh, coming up. And uh, luckily... I've got football, so I don't have to go in the backstage area and deal with him. <laughs> no, no, I really, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there, but I'm not gonna be there for the entire thing. And uh, uh, it's, it's just great. It's, it's great connecting with fans. I mean, it really is, and it really, I just. You notice how they are, Conrad. At first, they're willing to come in and do everything for you, spend all the time, and then they become big shot and they just fly in the last day and do a show and go the fuck home. Sounds familiar, Bruce. <laughs> Sounds familiar. So is that the deal, or are you no-showing StarCast 3 because Vince hired you too? Because <laughs> Bruce is fucking all out No, StarCast 3. No, but I love Brother Love, and I love Triple H and Stephanie, and I loved working for Vince too. Do you know my phone number and my email address? Is that Blue Chew in your pocket, or are you just... <laughs> The fuck? I don't hey. remember it being that big. <laughs> Is there something you want to share there, Bruce? No. Okay. No. But but I, I do need to say this that and is Taylor out here? Yes, sir. The Taylor, second most talented person in America. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? 
I'm great. How are you? I'm, it's funny because you're looking the opposite direction of where I am. I like it. But I hear you over here. Yeah, well, you know what, Taylor? That's how, that's how microphones and speakers hang on, work. Hang buddy. on a second. You guys see some glasses? He doesn't know. Who are you Say it again. <laughs> oh, okay. I hear you better now. You know what? I just realized all of my podcasts could just be called Grumpy or Old Man. <laughs> Here's the rib. Fashion You're going to be a grumpy old fuck one day. I'm not going to be now. around to see it. Taylor's grumpy already, and he's young. So I just want to say before we get to Taylor, it, Bruce Pritchard was my boss in the WWF at that time. Eric was my boss in WCW. Here's my boss now. <laughs> so it's just great to be up here with my bosses, I can tell you that. Okay. Taylor, go ahead. Taylor, please. <laughs> Say something. You're a comedian. Say something funny. Listen, I keep almost talking, and then you guys have a GHB story you want to share, all right? I'm trying to do my best over here. I'm a professional. Can I just say real quick on behalf of uh, myself and fellow wrestling fans, thank you. I'm trying to say a genuine thing for once in my life. Thank you so much on behalf of all of us for what you guys do for wrestling. Thank you. You guys are the most... You share the most uh, uh, on, in your podcast and in real life, and it's the coolest thing to get to be around you guys, except for Bruce, and uh, thank you. Hey, Taylor. Yeah. You're still not getting paid. <laughs> I don't, he's not joking, you guys. All right. <laughs> Our next question comes from a very special guest. Evan, the producer from the Dark Side of the Ring Viceland series, is over here. Whoa, Evan. What's wow. up, man? Wow. They like you more than me. It's not that hard. Don't I hold the microphone. I hold the microphone. Oh, okay. Right. You don't produce this show, okay? Conrad does. Uh, Evan, what is your question for Mr. Bischoff? Eric, is there anything that you can share, on, in a, if you can't, it's all right, but about the Hogan biopic project that you're working on? And then for Conrad, Tony, and Bruce, what's one scene that you really want to see in the Hogan biopic? Well... <clears throat> Unfortunately, I can't speak to anything about that movie other than what you've seen in the trades already. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, we're doing a uh, Hulk Hogan uh, biopic or biopic. Take your pick. That was cool. Um, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is signed on to play Hulk Hogan. Todd Phillips, who's currently directing The Joker for Warner Brothers, is uh, set to direct. Bradley Cooper and myself are producing. And a guy by the name of Scott Silver is the writer. Scott wrote uh, 8 Mile and The Fighter and a couple other pretty successful films. So other than that, and it's for Netflix. Other than that, I can't say a word. I just want Brother Love to be in it. <laughs> I, uh, I really want to see when he turned down being the bassist for Metallica. Uh, I think... Or... <laughs> If we could just get like a shot, just a random shot, where a phone rings at his house and it goes to an answering machine and at the titles it says, that was George Foreman. You know, because he was supposed to have the grill. So there, there's a lot of really fun Hulkster stuff coming in that movie. I, I'd just like to see uh, the exchange between he and Eric when you first approached him, very first time, about coming to WCW. Because that changed everything for us, really. And I'd like to see that. And I'd like to see George Clooney play me. Yeah. 
What are you laughing about? You, you, do you know who could play Bruce in that movie? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Now. He's dead. Now. Yeah. <laughs> now. That's, oh, that's... fuck off. That was funny. <laughs> and Clooney doesn't have earrings, so. Taylor. <laughs> Do we have another question for three chains, Shivani, up here? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see the conversation with his agent when he said, when he pitched him Three Ninjas High Noon on Mega Mountain. <laughs> they thought it was funny this time. I'm like 50 50, it's good. All right. All right, we got a question from Dave, born and raised in Las Vegas. He gave me more information than I wanted, but uh, this is for Conrad, the creator of StarCast, you guys. Hey, Woo-hoo! Dave, Woo-hoo! This, is a, this is your chance to ask Conrad a very important question. Don't fuck this up, okay? Let's make it good, okay. Let's make it good. Good morning, guys. Conrad, I'm sorry, but fuck, Mary kill. Tony, Eric, Bruce. <laughs> you can fuck me if you want. It's fine, okay? <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll make it a two-shot here for you. Well, I'm going to marry Tony, because I've seen the way Lois handles him, and he'll let anything pass. Like, he'll put up with everything, so I'm going to marry Tony. Uh, I've read that Eric knows how to party, so I guess I'm going to fuck Eric. <laughs> and Bruce, I'm sorry, buddy. But it beats the alternative... <laughs> Well, Ed- <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> All right? We had this discussion last night. It's good. It works. And just to add some realism, as your wife, I'll drive you to kill his ass. Okay? <laughs> My actual wife would drive me to kill Bruce, too. It would be fine. Yeah. You know, I just noticed, like, this is the most Sunday StarCast thing ever. Eric, hold your microphone up. The goddamn mic cube's upside down. And it's just I bullshit. didn't put it on. I know. You tried to wear it as glasses, so I know you in, in Spanish, that's StarCast dos. <laughs> it's just hilarious. See, Mr. Conrad, he's good. He's okay. You are Spanish, friends. I get it. Mi amigos. Viva la raza. Okay. Say, <laughs> did you did you learn that move from watching Sonny's porn? This one here. Oh shit! I played that for my brother first time he ever saw it. Wait, wait, he, wait, he wait! Threw wait, up wait. in his mouth. Hang on, hang on! You went real fast right there. <laughs> we got to make sure we get every word of this story. Okay, hang on. This is I can't believe I'm actually telling this story. This is so fucked up. The last few days, I, 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 I'm not gonna get. I have, I have. I have an older brother who is in really, really bad shape. And I mean, he's, he's really very, very ill. And, and we went to go see, my brother Tom and I flew in to go see him. That's why I wasn't here this weekend. And, and, it, and, it, and I, can't, I can't even begin to describe how horrible that all this scene is. And, and he's, we probably saw him for the last time we'll ever see him. And when you're in that kind of shit, sometimes you have to go to the absurd to deal with it. And... He was out of it most of the time we're there. And so Tom looks at me at one point, and he, and he says, he goes, 
Sonny did a fucking porn? I said, yeah, we do a whole routine, man. And he goes, I've never seen. He goes, I don't even think I've ever seen her tits. I said, well, hell, hang on. <laughs> so I pull up, and there's like a little trailer on the Internet. So I do put in Sunny Porn. It had never fucking been on my phone before that. Trust that's me. A, that's a and lot. I went, that, no, not on this. No, it has not. Never. <laughs> Bull fucking shit. And so I pull it up. And in this horrible, disgusting place that my brother is in, it's like they're, they share with, he, with three other fucking guys. And it's uh, just, it's horrible. I can't even begin to describe it. But none of them can hear and all, and, and they're out of it anyway. And Tom is sitting there with my phone going, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh shit. And he's got the phone up like this when the nurse walks in. <laughs> And Tom can't hear. And I'm going, kayfabe, Tom, kayfabe, kayfabe, Tom. This is disgusting. Look at this. And I'm like, oh. Oh, motherfucker, he texted me 19 minutes ago. He's probably going, I'm still sick from the sunny porn. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, anyway. Well, hypothetically, Bruce. What? You know, our, our great close personal friend, it's now the voice of all elite wrestling. We got any Jim Ross fans here? But there was a time where, you know, it looked like he was wrapping things up with WWE. He wasn't doing New Japan anymore. Hypothetically speaking, what would it have sounded like if JR were to have done alternate commentary on Sonny's porn? Slasher Frash. Well, I had a little fucking music from back there from the people running this shit. I could do it for you, by God. Conrad? Connie? Is this going to happen? I'm on stage with you, Bruce. Connie? I ain't looking at you, though, so therefore I'm talking to you over here and just kind of... Do they have this shit? They had Eric's... You know, I noticed that they had Eric and Tony's music. But they don't have JR's porn music. So I got to do it without music? By God! <laughs> All right, folks. Just imagine that there was some good <laughs> porn music with JR's fucking music underneath it. And it might go a little bit like this. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, by God, it looks like business is about ready to pick up. And what we have here is a slobber knocker, by God. Oh, my God, he's stomping a mud hole in there and walking it dry. He beat it like a government mule, but that thing is tougher than a $2 steak. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's giving her everything he got in him tonight. And God is my witness. She's broken him in half. Good God Almighty, she killed him. She pooed him. She pooed him. She pooed him. Much better with the music, but uh, on Sunday, I guess they don't come to work. What the fuck are we doing with our lives? We're here Sunday morning in Vegas saying fuck and talking about porn. If that's you all Conrad should be ashamed Thompson of yourself. Podcast, I don't know what is. So, Bruce, as we, uh, we wind up our last show, do you have uh, any interesting Vince McMahon stories you can leave us with? Not if I don't have music. Do I have music for the last one? What music do you need? Yeah, oh, well, 
It doesn't matter. I'll do it. You know what? Fuck it. I can improvise. I can do this shit without music. Because that's... We, we were in this town right here one time. And the beautiful thing about being on the West Coast is you finish up early and you can actually go out, have a dinner. The fuck is that? You asked for music. Yeah, of course I get the wrong fucking music. But anyway... Um, you, you can get in and you can actually go get a meal. You can go out and, and still get to bed and get some sleep before TV the next day. So we had done a pay-per-view and we came into Vegas and we're in early. And everybody goes to the hotel. Well, I'm happy because now I can sleep. So I take my night-night medicine and I'm ready to go to sleep and I'm in bed when I get a phone call. And the phone rings. I pick it up and go, hey, boss wants to go out. I said, look, I don't give a fuck what Stephanie wants to do. I ain't going out. <laughs> so it was like, come on, boy, you got to go. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go out. You got to go. So I get dressed, but I get dressed strategically. I put on shorts and flip-flops and a T-shirt. Because wherever we're going to go in Vegas, they're probably not going to let me in in shorts and uh, flip-flops and a T-shirt. So I go downstairs, meet everybody, and Vince, and everybody's there, and all that shit. And Kevin Dunn walks down, and Kevin Dunn also is in shorts and flip-flops. I'm like, yes. So we go, we go to the win. And when we get to the win, Vince is like, God damn, what do you guys want to do? And you got all these fuckers coming up, speaking in their watches. I Vince McMahon is on the floor. And they all descend on us. And Vince says, well, let's go to the club. The club was the tryst. And you, you walk over there, walking in line, and there's like a line, a mile long, people waiting to get in. And as we're all approaching, you can hear on their radios and the walkie-talkies them saying, oh, that's a no-go to the two in the uh, shorts and flip-flops. That's a no-go, no flip-flops, not coming in. Then you go, they're with Mr. McMahon. To which, all of a sudden, they're going, hey, guys, come on in. <laughs> we're like, Fuck. So we get the citizens' little VIP section and the bottle service, and we get hammered, just fucked up bad. And I get a phone call, and it's from my buddy John Paul Shellnut, who's friends with Billy Gibbons from CZ Top. He says, where are you, boy? I said, well, I'm in Vegas. Well, we're in Vegas. So well, we're at the Trist. Well, we're going to be at the Trist in a few minutes. So we're sitting there partying, Billy Gibbons, CZ Top, Vince McMahon, all this shit, and all these people having a good old time. You guys ever... You see the movies where there's on a dance floor and all of a sudden the dance floor widens out and there's just two people in the middle of the floor dancing. You know, a guy and a girl, they're cutting a rug and doing all these moves and shit together. Well, we're a little bit, we're, we're elevated up on this platform. So we can see onto the dance floor and kind of over the top of it and shit. And when we walk over there and we look over the edge, sure enough, in the middle of this circle, there's two fucking people. One of them is Billy Gibbons. And Gibbons is dancing his ass off, and he's doing this shit. <laughs> and that's all he's doing. And it's bizarre. But trust me, it gets more bizarre. Because as we pan over, almost like in a movie, you pan over and you look, and he's dancing with Vince McMahon. <laughs> and the damnedest thing, and the reason I remember this so vividly was because there was a rap song playing. And it was Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. And I, you know, you can recognize lines and shit, but it's a fucking rap. 
like, how do you do that to Johnny Cash? And I go over, and the only thing that can fuck up Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire rap version is to see Vince McMahon dancing to it. And he thinks he's good. So when you guys see Vince dance on TV and shit, that shit is real. And uh, he actually really does do that in public. Are we ready about to talk about how we spend our days? I think it's time. Well, we asked it earlier today. And before I go ahead and go home, I can't thank everybody up here enough. Everybody came out. And thank you for making this all reality. And uh, had, had a shitload of fun, and we are going to have a shitload more fun. I, I promise you, and I promise everybody up here, this ain't the last live show that we're going to do. Uh, it's just the last one for a little while. And I thank you guys for joining us and being here. Um, and with that, I'll tell you the one quick story about what's happening right now. I was here back for WWE about three weeks, standing up at the grill position. Jeff Jarrett, and we're watching the monitor. When Road Dog Jesse James comes up to us and looks at us and says, Goddamn, boys, don't know when this will ever happen again. Let's do it. Spend my days working hard on the go, but the hand. I said, Whoa! Shut that shit down right now. That ain't how it goes. Because he doesn't know any more words than that, being quite honest with you. I said, You got to slow it down. And it goes a little something like this. Spend my days working hard on the go, but the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. Cause I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. You know my baby's got me wrapped around her little finger. And you know that I would walk through hell and back to be with her. Cause I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of our cast. I love you. Thank you. All right, boys and girls. Well, all three of you ladies listening, we are wrapping this one up. This is going to put a bow. By the way, if you're still looking for something to listen to on Super Sunday here, let me recommend you check out the new podcast that we just launched today. This morning, actually. It's the Kurt Angle Show. Uh, find it anywhere you enjoy podcasts. Just throw it in your search there. The Kurt Angle Show, our very first topic is WrestleMania 19. Of course, we talk about the botched shooting star press, but I don't think that's really the story. It's the injury and how there was a backup plan for this main event that almost happened and what Kurt had to do to make sure that didn't happen and what the long-term ramifications were. It's a really personal story. I think it's a home run effort for our first episode and it's available right now. It's called the Kurt angle show. You can also get the next two shows early and ad free with video over at adfreeshows.com. But if you're really just here for Bruce and looking for more Bruce, stay tuned tomorrow. We've got another bonus episode that we're going to try to deliver to you. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And how about this? It's a crossover. It's Jim Ross and Bruce Pritchard together. And that's coming your way tomorrow at noon. And don't forget, we're still going to try to do these make goods. Uh, Royal rumble 96 is on the list. The main event number five is on the list. Oh, and someone asked the other day, are you guys ever going to do Kevin Nash part two? Yes, we are may 21st. 
Stay tuned. We're not done here on something to wrestle with. Out, Bruce Pritchard. We'll see you tomorrow. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Everybody's heard this. Make sure your sweetheart knows she's your star. Picture it. It's Valentine's Day, and she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets, and you can start seeing all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Now picture a magnificent, real 24-karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24-karat gold with petals in this rich blue color covered in sparkles that mimic the stars in the sky. That's Twinkle Twinkle, the brand-new exclusive rose only available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24-karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note, and it ships fast and free to the love of your life, your wife, your daughter, or your sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Steven's brand new roses is $79, but his real 24 karat gold dipped roses started only 59. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, before I let you go, I want to leave you with one last thing. If you're on the fence about going to save with you're not sure if we can actually save you some money. I thought what better to do than to let you hear from an actual customer. This is a video message from satisfied client and friend of the family. Now, Mr. John Largent. Hey, Derek, this is John Largent in San Antonio. I just wanted to thank you and Jennifer and the team at First Family for helping us with our mortgage. You guys were phenomenal. You were easy to reach out to and connect with and stay in constant contact with until the deal got done. I can't say enough good things about you guys. It's made a huge difference in our lives, and I am going to recommend you to everybody that I know. And I'm a podcaster. I do podcasting for a, for a, a living. And so if you guys ever need uh, any free advertisement, you're going to get it through the network of shows that we do here because you have been phenomenal and I can't say enough. I wish you guys a, a happy new year. I feel like I know you, man. And uh, that's the way you guys made us feel as clients. So I really do appreciate it. And I wish you and uh, the team there at First Family all the best in 2021. Thanks a lot, man. Bye-bye. Hey, man, and happy new year to you. I'm glad we were able to help your family. But now I want to help your family. That's right. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much find out right now for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket and we're licensed in more than 40 States. What are you waiting for? Hurry to save with Conrad.com. NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention if you haven't already made this month's house payment, you can skip your next two house payments. That's right. Your single biggest bill. You're just going to keep all that cash. Let's get the new year started, right? Let's make it happen at savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.